At this point, you should be on the frame with a film strip title that says Oral Hygiene. Hey, welcome to Oral Hygiene, where we talk about educational and caught films like I am. With me today is is a man. He's a man. Am I, though? You're a man. Oh, am I? Man. You're not the man, are you? I don't have the man I'm the on fuzz. I'm the fuzz, man. The, it's the this popo. is over. Okay. I'm shutting this club down. Radio. So thanks for joining us today. Join us next week from the pokey. But um, yes, yes, it is the trip. There are no police, man. From 1967. It seems like there are like a lot of um, the trips, but this is the only one that matters. Um, I'm going to be plenty snarky about this movie, but I, as I qualify that with the fact that this has remained in like my personal top 10 for like 25 years. I've never really liked this movie that much, but I do like all the people who put it together. So it's like, and, and my, my grievances with it are very like nitpicky. Like I just don't feel like it goes anywhere. No, no, probably unfair. That's a trip, man. Yeah. It's a trip. (laughs) It's a trip to, I, I, I like drug movies, but I also kind of like when there's like either the guy's doom where it's like, there's doom. You know, even if it's just like some unfair, like pretenses about drugs that aren't real. I like when there's either doom or some kind of revelation or death or or just plain old exploitation or or screaming. I, I don't know. It, it just sort of everybody sort of gets out of this. OK. And that, that kind of feels like a like a cheat, I guess. OK, so having said that, can you give this one like a plot? The a man who has no business taking LSD takes LSD while being babysat by a man who possibly doesn't actually believe in LSD, but either way is a terrible babysitter. Yeah, okay, that's true. And then he kind of runs amok in a late 60s LA. Yes, that (laughs) some of my favorite things happen when when he runs amok. Yeah, so I, I first saw this. Um, I think I saw this at the Georgia State Theater. I'm pretty sure you showed me this movie, and that was the first time I saw it. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually, I, I remember taking a trip to the uh, to downtown Atlanta and seeing it there on a special screening. So at least I got, you know, I got on, got to see it on proper film the first time. So that's cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. You um, ran amok it, in real life. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. The, watching the movie doesn't put you on an acid trip <laughs> yeah folks you should know that not if really watching, if you're watching not, this movie to experience an acid trip this is not the movie for you well it was um as i'm sure you knew but i had read up on the movie for the first time after watching it and found out that bruce dern was the only person involved who refused to uh take an acid trip to see what acid was like and bruce dern plays uh plays the babysitter so it it makes perfect sense 
where he just seems like he I, I'm not sure how much this was improvised, but he keeps saying things that you should never say to someone who's doing drugs like constantly. <laughs> yeah. Like if someone is doing acid, just so everyone this is just straight up common sense. If someone's doing acid and they're like, man, I saw a bunch of executioners. You'd be like, did you? No, you don't. You don't say that. Well, no, you never. Didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't see that, man. No, man. Just he like never tries to de-escalate. He's just like, really? Whoa, man. I, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> You're going to die. Um, <laughs> so he took, and- <laughs> he took improv classes, but like no uh, first aid or whatever babysitter classes. Yeah. Um, for the I mean, I'm, well, hopefully people saw this or, or not. Maybe they didn't. But uh, yeah, the, the on-screen and off-screen names here are notable. Bruce Stern being the only one who didn't trip. So people who did take lots of acid would be uh, Peter Fonda, who took and so Jack much Nick. acid. But, well, Sorry, he's not on screen. We're on, we're on screen. We're well, on he... screen. Okay. Dennis Hopper, I guess. No, Peter Fonda, I was going to well. say, he, he took so much acid that he inspired Beatles songs, you know? <laughs> I was um from what I read, it was like Jack Nicholson, Peter Fonda, and uh, I guess not Roger Corman. Who else? <laughs> no, Roger. Roger Corman did take a trip. To Roger Corman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He I, he took like one trip just as like quote unquote research. So yeah, <laughs> I've never really thought of Roger Corman as much of a psychedelic shaman right. or anything, it, it, and it, I think that might be part of the issue I have with this. Is it feels a little bit outsidery. Yeah, that that honestly, that's part of why I like about it, but. Uh... <laughs> Well, we'll get to that. But yeah, Pierre Fonda, uh, Dennis Hopper, um, also mm-hmm. also probably well-versed in tripping. Yes, amazingly, Dennis Hopper took drugs. <laughs> Are we sure about that? <laughs> I, From what I'm told, he was unemployable for about 20 years after this because he took drugs. <laughs> or after Easy Rider, that is. I think he was probably unemployable while making Easy Rider. <laughs> <laughs> and then he made, what was it, the last movie? um i think that's the name of it something like the last movie which is a complete mess <laughs> i i haven't actually seen that i know i know he made out of the blue which i haven't seen that either i wanted to but because easy rider is a mess but it just happens to work mm-hmm. you know yeah that's also that is not an ounce that that is a very insider type of a film i don't know that's what it's really like i, I think, think. I think when this movie came out, Susan Strasberg was uh, considered a notable star. Although that oh. name doesn't really hit any bells today, I guess. Nope. Okay, so we'll move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> Did she take acid? I don't know. Probably. I, I think it was, I think Bruce Stern was the the lone holdout. Maybe. Yeah. He just what he was. He wasn't fun, man. He. I mean, it wasn't fun in, as a babysitter. Oh. I mean, he's fantastic in this yeah. movie, isn't he? But. He's he he is a great presence, but his character doesn't make any sense. But apparently, he had to ask Roger Corman what LSD was. So, <laughs> so nineteen sixty-seven. Bruce, Bruce Stern was not Hep Man. <laughs> no. Um. Oh, uh, one. Did you catch the uh, quote? I see, keep saying quote unquote. Did you catch the kind of flash in your miss it um, cameo? Uh, no. What were you talking about? The um, which one? The band. On I guess stage. I didn't. Did oh, you, the Graham did, Parsons thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the uh, International I, Submarine Band, and you're definitely not hearing the International Submarine Band. <laughs> I I unfortunately don't know what like Graham Parsons looks like, so that's uh, I had to read that on IMDb. 
Okay, no, I recognize them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. Uh, you're, maybe you're not into cosmic Americana. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've listened to a bunch of it, but I haven't like watched any of it. No, I, I I get it. But uh, yeah, uh, what you are hearing is the electric flag, which I always thought I love the electric flag because this movie, but it turns out I don't really like any of their other recordings, <laughs> mm. even though they have Mike Bloomfield on guitar, who is one of the best guitarists ever. Mm. He played on Dylan's mid 60s stuff. Ah. So but yeah, I love the soundtrack to this. <laughs> yeah, soundtrack's great. Um, there is some really cool experimental stuff. It just. You know, it feels like the the experimental stuff is kind of spread out and spliced in so much because maybe they just didn't have enough money to do to do like a, a solid chunk of it. And this is AIP directed by Roger Corman. Of course, they didn't. Have yeah. money. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the definition of not having money. <laughs> well, it was like the the sex scene where it was like where a kaleidoscope projected on them while they were doing it. That was pretty interesting. I guess I, I was well. gonna say I was gonna say sex is too awkward if you're tripping, but I that was all in his mind anyway, so I guess it's okay. Yeah, it it probably doesn't have to be. You you, you don't know where to put things in that case sometimes, right? Where you get distracted. Maybe you get distracted. I'm sure you can figure it out. <laughs> um, Especially in the sixties, man. Sorry, I, I I jumped I jumped on you. Like, We're on screen, but yeah, Jack Nicholson wrote it, though you don't see Jack Nicholson because he was a screenwriter at this specific point of time, also writing the monkey's head. I believe wasn't something like Jack Nicholson wanted to star in it, and Roger Corman was like, "No, forget it. You can't." I I don't know. Would Jack Nicholson be groovy in this movie? Uh, uh, well, imagine if he was playing Peter Fonda's role and he just went kind of like shining with it towards the end that'd be pretty cool yeah that'd be cool. that could be i, I, I feel like that thing i feel like that was always peter fonda's role yeah um, i mean they, i mean peter yeah i can't like i'm not gonna sit here and criticize peter fonda as a leading man that's ridiculous it's great may, maybe he replaces um bruce stern as the babysitter that would be that would be i mean be like way <laughs> yeah. creepier because you can't replace you can't replace dennis hopper either dennis hopper's already there no no i mean no you got Dennis Hopper yeah. and Peter Fonda in the same movie. That's special. That's special. That only happens once every few movies. That's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Like I said, it's like, even if though I'm not a huge fan of the film itself, it's like, I love everyone who's involved with it. So even the, even the actors I didn't really know or recognize the lady in the laundromat. This is like you go to Disneyland, right? And you get the booklet at the front that, you know, mm-hmm. reminds you of all the fun stuff at Disneyland. This is like, that for like 1967 like it's not really authentic but it's it's not wrong necessarily it's got yeah, all the right it, pieces there it's official this has the it's official a, yeah it, it it was um even though to me it's like the bar in this movie really looked like a set it may not have been a set it looked like a set to me is it looked just ridiculously spaced out but that would be my bar if i ever opened a bar that's good i'd go to that yeah, yeah. It probably wouldn't be that. It would either it would either be much smaller than that, or all the drinks would be like thirty dollars or what three three thousand yen. I, huh? There's like a glitch in the matrix. Our images are all freaky on your end. Nope. There's a Normal. ghost in the machine. Okay, who cares? Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't watch this anyway. If you, if you are watching and you're seeing weirdness, sorry, we're tripping. Yeah, I don't watch is, this either. Internet, come internet. at me. The internet is is tripping right now. Um, 
anyway where were we uh yeah i mean it's it's got like a who's who of like laurel canyon stuff are you familiar with the whole laurel canyon thing not really no that's just um like Electra records is in there uh, the, that's where the manson <laughs> or no maybe it's the next canyon over but uh yeah and you can get into the weird thing with like the cia like made all the psychedelia and stuff there's there's fun conspiracy theories about that is it like mk ultra these like mk ultra participants sort of kind of because laurel canyon has this uh film studio which is apparently is used by the military so they don't make actual movies there but at the same time it's the most productive film studio around hmm. they just don't make things for the public they're making all like military films and perhaps moon landing videos and moon landing vid- yeah that's that would be where they shot the moon landing videos mm, have, you, have you have you heard the um mildly um the the more milk toast conspiracy theory version of that that Yes, Kubrick did shoot the moon footage, but that's because basically what they got from the moon was unusable. Oh, I thought you were going to say that he shot moon footage just in case that like the astronauts blew up and they had to cover it up. Th- that too. Yeah, yeah. Just in case they had they had him doing it just in case, which actually makes a lot of sense. I can see that. Yeah. That's just covering your bases, you know. Well, there's the whole thing where like the New York Times has like the, ob- the front page obituary for every president, like as soon as they're elected. Right, they have right. It ready to go. Like they have, <laughs> I think it was, um, what was it like Dan Rather had like just showed somebody, like, look, I got this obituary here. I can't remember what it was, what was the deal with that. But yeah, I think like, I was thinking of the Dana Carvey show where they have him on as, um, I mean, it's Ted Koppel. Like he's, he wants to go on vacation. So they have him just recording a bunch of video obituaries uh, about <laughs> Gerald Ford. <laughs> Gerald oh, man, Ford died today. He was mauled by a pack of tigers. Like, that's not going to happen. Hey, we just need to cover our bases, man. <laughs> so, it's yeah. like, you want to go on vacation, you do this. <laughs> All right, Stanley Kubrick, film an obituary for JFK right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and I get, I feel like, it, I mean, it is a fake window into that scene, but it's, uh, you know, it's like if, if we went to make a movie about like our scene, man, like it would be fake, right? It wouldn't be like, we're, you know, yeah, I think it's it's a weird um, mix of like montage and uh, it's a weird mix of like montage and um, obviously sort of reused sets from other things. I think and, Bruce uh, not a, it's a Bruce not a, house in like a bunch of movies. I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm not like super familiar with his body of work. OK, I, I mean, I mean, not I, like. I mean, it's not his house. I'm just saying it's been in a lot of movies, I think. <laughs> I don't. Oh, the, the, you mean the house in this movie? Yeah, I mean, it looks familiar. I thought yeah. the really the opening scene looked really familiar as far as like it just looked like a beach that I'd seen a hundred times. Right. <laughs> it was like that. Yeah, probably. So like um, the- w- when you plotted, you're like a man who who has no business taking lsd but played by a man who took all of the lsd <laughs> yeah i mean just don't just give him nothing to do That's i think that, sort of i think it's the red sweater that the sweater was not hip or or give him give him too much to do maybe yeah maybe it is the sweater i don't know it's like they they gave him a story that was really kind of a a bare bones but then you, if maybe if you give someone too many instructions then it comes off as I I put in my notes that there wasn't enough laughing 
Like, I feel like nobody who does acid is is going to not laugh at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just gets really interested in like an orange man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like almost maybe if Bruce Stern calmed it down a little bit more, he would he would be fine and not and would be laughing and having fun and definitely wouldn't have just run off. Yeah. And thought he was dead. Yeah. Going into the closet was fantastic. What, what I like is uh, what I love is after he, um, you know, sees the not dead Brewster and he just like takes a picture and then runs. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It takes a picture with a manual camera. And just oh. <laughs> Yeah. You can't check that one for a few weeks, I guess, but um, nope. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I do like how each of the montage sequences kind of, take on like a different aspect of experimental film that's true and it was really cool how at the end of it tied it together where the uh the people chasing him on the horseback was his um his lover and his ex-wife i mean yeah after the that that was at least planned i sort of thought maybe it was just <laughs> random like they just had a couple of guys that were um like on the set of planet of the apes they were just like hey come over here and chase this guy for a second <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm, no, that, maybe I'm that, just too used to Star Trek, and then that's like always what happens with the Star Trek just reuses stuff because they well, do things reusing. Oh, sorry. There we go. Dun 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 dun. There's a few things reused from this movie that I thought was interesting. One, um, he looks. He has kind of like a hippie Luke Skywalker look, right? When he's mm-hmm. in his dream sequences, and he kind of goes into the cave to face his self, you know, Darth Vader style, I guess. So. Yeah. I, I, I don't really know if that well I I guess Lucas was around this scene so maybe he did have that in mind but uh, uh, the, the other one that's way more explicit is the uh, joint passing scene is completely recreated in Easy Rider oh the yeah camera, where the camera makes a complete 360 of, of the of joint passing <laughs> that, that's yeah, like I, mean, one... I was too high to notice man <laughs> I didn't notice it's in the commune in Easy Rider but yeah here it was clearly clearly done that way let's see what else we have i think oh yeah i I wondered if if bruce was actually trying to seduce peter fonda that i mean there's definitely a little vibe of that for a while (laughs) it's like (laughs) it's like you're beautiful man and he like strokes his hair like "Eh." yeah so that was Um, i honestly i think i think running was probably the uh correct thing to do (laughs) i mean he did not uh, the, the the thing about part of the reason why he's a bad babysitter is the the stuff that makes him a bad babysitter also gives him the vibe of like, did this guy drug me? Because he's like, Oh yeah, man, tell me all about it. Really? You know, he sort of has that look to him where I was like, is this guy like up to something? But he really just sort of had no idea what drugs were. Yeah. And I think uh, Roger Gorman sort of just got out of the way, which, you know, why not? It's kind of like suggested like he's the pro at this, right? But he doesn't really seem to have any <laughs> yeah. knowledge. Yeah, he's like, what? Really? Oh, man. So what? You're dying? Whoa, cool. Is Yeah, it was really weird. That's a baffling performance. I'll just say that. <laughs> and how do you respond to something like, the living room? Let's go to the living room. Yes, yeah, that. That was what, yeah, that was one of my favorite. That was probably my favorite part of any of the scenes between them because it's like, yeah, man, the way you said it, that's that's kind of real, even though maybe <laughs> I don't know. 
I think I think a lot of drugs is like saying things weird and laughing at how weird they are. But but nobody again, nobody was laughing. So. So we do need to consider his his out and about um, interactions. He goes into someone's house and gets a small girl milk, which is a little <laughs> creepy of a scene. Uh, when that scene ended, I was like, oh, wait, that was real. <laughs> I was like, I thought he was hallucinating. It. <laughs> He's making bad decisions for sure. Uh, and then the lady in the laundromat as well. So, that, yeah, that was probably my favorite scene in the whole film. Why is it was that? just sort of like tell me about because it. it was just an intimate scene between two people and it was like one person who was just out of their mind and another person who is like clearly the kind of person who would indulge an insane person until it was too late meaning the woman in the laundromat which you yeah. know it was, was that- it was a great little uh it was a great little scene i love that yeah peter fonda he's just a teddy bear it's, see, I, I, it doesn't even seem like worth using their character names talking about this movie. It's like, no, we're watching Peter Fonda. <laughs> watching Bruce Dern. I tried to write down their names whenever possible, and I've just they just keep going, leaving my brain. Yeah, it's like no, I just kept writing Peter. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's 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 kind of like a it's like a it's like a mockumentary, you know? Like let's document our own lives, but let's like not do it for real. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that I'm pretty sure Dennis Hopper is playing himself in this. Yeah, <laughs> they they actually went to Dennis Hopper's house, probably. <laughs> yeah, that was a real weed at Dennis Hopper's real house. <laughs> His real real friends. Yeah, they just mm-hmm. they just come on over and film, man. It's cool. <laughs> um, hey, man, you're gonna start filming? What? It's over already? What? <laughs> wow, what a trip. <laughs> I mean, I want to say right here. But of course, Dennis Hopper is a consummate professional. But I mean, who the hell knows? <laughs> really? <laughs> Unemployable Dennis Hopper. I mean, uh, is a consummate professional, right? Consummate yeah. professional. Maybe that's what I like about this movie. It is just on a weird edge of like Hollywood production and like being unhinged. Where Easy Rider is just completely unhinged, right? <laughs> yeah, but also Easy Rider has a pretty clear, uh, well, narrative thrust i don't know it's it has a even even though it's sort of a slice of life movie it still has a it it feels like there are stakes and the the story moves and this sort of is just sort of just hanging out kind of like a kevin smith movie which that's kind of what i like about though we're just kind of hanging out right i mean like you said you like the drug movie that has the narrative that ends in death and destruction or madness right so um but this one's just kind of hanging out we're gonna we're gonna trip with the the consummate hippies for a few minutes and and then get on out of there yeah like the last movie i saw that i think is a really good drug movie is probably midsummer and you know how that ends no actually i don't because i haven't seen it but (laughs) great uh mushroom portrayal okay film okay um Oh, the, his last interaction, he meets the like super judgmental waitress in the hippie bar. <laughs> yeah, it's somebody who apparently has never met anyone who's on drugs before. <laughs> She's like, oh, wait, you're on drugs. It's like a Sunset Strip 1967 like psychedelic club. It's like she's never seen. Maybe it's her first day. <laughs> I don't know. She just came in from Nebraska. You know, she's going to make it big in the film business. And hey, she has yeah. a featured performance in the trip, so I guess it worked out well for her. Yeah, uh, as we all know, she went on to 
someone check else. IMDb. Someone check at IMDb and yell at the podcast. Someone's <laughs> like, she was in a... something. She was she the was guiding something. light. <laughs> she had turned out the end of the soap opera guiding light that she was the guiding light the whole time. The guiding light. You gotta, you gotta add the the if you talk about guiding light. I think. The. Yeah. The at the yeah at the end of the series, the angel on the Christmas tree came to life and uh, nuked the town, and she was the guiding light. And that's yeah. who that was. <laughs> right. See, we're soap opera. You know, we know all about it. <laughs> I hope someone's yelling at the podcast about how that's incorrect. <laughs> you you were saying that a, there is a version where at the end of it, the, the screen cracks, implying that he was insane. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, this, I feel like the studio requested that so it didn't come across as a pro drug movie. And I think my DVD does it, but I watched on YouTube last night and it does not do that. It just goes straight into all the like kaleidoscopic imagery, which is huh. my favorite end credit sequence ever, by the way. It's a great end credit sequence, but but I do like the idea that they were just like, but he's insane. You know, I, I um, sort of like the end of Drunken Master 2 where Jackie Chan was like just mentally like had was brain damaged from drinking all the gasoline but they uh, <laughs> cut that out for the american version because it was problematic I, I i usually give options for my students i'm like what's your favorite drink and if they're st- still staring at me because they're a foreign language you know lesson and they, they're confused i can start giving options like okay milk melon soda gasoline sometimes kids choose gasoline <laughs> <laughs> all right there's, there's some other ones i throw in toilet water sometimes <laughs> <laughs> i mean toilet water that could be even worse if it was eau de toilette yeah yeah i'm wondering really. that no no you, yeah okay <laughs> anyway but then that's like what are they going to be doing what are they doing taking english if they're going to go to france right okay I'm still thinking about that. Okay. <laughs> I was that was designed to break your brain. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, oh, the other thing about the waitress, she was basically in a uh, Star Trek uniform. I thought that was fun. Yeah, man, it was it was Trek times, wasn't it? Yeah, she just needed like the delta on her shirt and she would have been there. <laughs> um yeah. can can you be entertained by looking at a swirling washing machine? I think I could be entertained by that. I was just like in the 60s you could just operate a washing machine without the lid on that's super dangerous <laughs> what i think you can still do that nope oh maybe japanese ones do that because they assume people aren't oh, idiots yeah. more i guess <laughs> yeah yeah japan is definitely like a no training wheels kind of a society <laughs> you probably would just be like yeah you can actually kill yourself with any of your appliances if you just don't know how to cl- no don't know to close the door first so i'm relatively obsessed with you know weird psychedelia and stuff and and for me this is sort of like the if someone was like i want to see weird psychedelia i'd probably point them to this film um where would you point them i, f- I feel like maybe you've got something else on your mind holy mountain okay that's a good one yeah yeah um <clears throat> but that's so much metaphor and stuff right because this is like like you said, this is kind of Kevin Smith hanging out, maybe which is the appeal for me. But you maybe don't want that. I mean, I I, I tend to like things that are very like unflinching and just mm. uh, even just the end of two thousand one, mm. or just you just watch two thousand one entirely because then you basically are kind of 
slowly taken off guard for two hours and then hit with <laughs> some of the most upsetting psychedelic stuff ever. And uh, you should play Pink Floyd's Echoes when it has the Jupiter beyond the infinite. That's when you start Pink Floyd's Echoes. Works out perfectly. Yeah, not, like should... the wiz- not like the Wizard of Oz thing. Not like it that. Doesn't, that doesn't work. That does not work at all. It does not a, work. I, I had when I was student teaching, the, the real teacher was lazy and he decided all of his classes that day he was going to play Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz. Does not work for sure. Nope. <laughs> I, I uh, used to volunteer at a local movie theater and we tried it with an actual film print of Wizard of Oz and it didn't work. And we then we tried the Flaming Lips version with the film print of the Wizard of Oz and that didn't work either. Okay, but. well, try the end of 2001 and Echoes. That will work. Okay. Okay, uh, we'll do that. Maybe that's my other go-to. If, 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 of course, that you know, you start the movie there. You have even less narrative structure, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what other psychedelic recommendations? I just, um, I feel like that's um, as far as recent films. Uh, both the Green Knight and the the uh, the new Candyman would be are very psychedelic. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've heard a little bit about both, but have not come across either. So. Those, those are probably in, in my top five movies for this year. Mm. Those are both very uh, slow, intense, unflinching. Uh, Green Knight is almost like a cross between 2001 and Dead Man. <laughs> okay. Which yeah. is another one. I would recommend Dead Man to someone who was uh, down not, with some black and white, who was absolutely not feeling uh, like depressed. <laughs> that's, that's, that's something I love that movie very much. It is, that's a tough. That's a tough pill, but (laughs) amazing film and very like, that's what I was talking about as far as doom. I mean, Johnny Depp, I think is just on pretty much on mushrooms or dying the entire time. (laughs) Yeah, of course I I would, you know, that's in black and white. I I do agree. It's Mm -hmm. highly psychedelic, but for for the gold standard, I need some technicolor. So check out the green Knight. I, I think you, I think you'll be into it. Okay, groovy. And midsummer, um, and yeah, uh, midsummer again. If you're you, you have to make sure you're not feeling terribly depressed to watch midsummer because that's also <laughs> kind of a downer. Right. Um, I guess we're wrapping this one up. Uh, I, th- I think your film festival's over when this one hits. Is there anything else on your Good. horizons? Hey, I'm done with my film festival. Um, everybody get vaccinated, please. If you're not vaccinated already, <laughs> that's my plug. Is that what you're doing at the film festival? I um. I will be over having COVID by then mm. the second time. Mm. That's what okay. I'm doing. My plug okay. is get vaccinated. So people like me who wear masks and are v- completely vaccinated, stop getting COVID. Mm. What are you COVID now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. Oh, okay. Asymptomatic COVIDing. Isn't that oh. great? All right. <laughs> yeah. No, it still hasn't. I've been still not really on the streets of Nagano so much, weirdly, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not going to have an outbreak like we are. I don't mm. think. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I was. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed that every everyone got it all at once last week, it seems, in the States. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of people I know who are completely careful and isolate and mask and get vaccinated and all are getting it. So that's, you know, right. Yeah. Okay, as for this one, it is what what podcast is this? This is oral hygiene. Oral hygiene. <laughs> it's, it's on. It's, on it's Luke loves Pokemon. Um, what? I I I, I th- I'm in two episodes of that. Three three episodes. Oh, awesome! 
Yeah. Um, two of them are just me like ranting in a rice field for two minutes. And the other one, we just put our sci-fi sanctuary doing Detective Pikachu as makes sense. Did you, <laughs> did you learn, did you learn about Pokemon? Not that much. Uh, the movie is yeah, You sort of have to, the movie's great. I liked it. I liked it more than the Sonic the Hedgehog movie for whatever that's worth. I, yeah, like, I agree. The same. I, I thought I, they were both good. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, where are we? Sonic Hedgehog. <laughs> we're side, I got lost. Completely sidetracking your outro. Oh right, right. We yeah. I was I was plugging. I got confused in the moment. I plugged. That makes sense. Um, we do all these podcasts like Pokemon, Monster Hunter, Sci-Fi films under the umbrella of Podcastio, Podcastius. So do that. There's time enough pod, or we do the Twilight Zone. Mark does some of the Twilight Zone. That's the first yes. time we actually said your name in this podcast. That's Mark. He's, I think he's just a man. I mean, if they clicked, if they searched the podcast app for my name and that's how they found this episode, then they saw it there. They worked it out that way. Okay. I'm sure they did that. Thanks, listeners. You can okay. find me on Stunrunner Music at Twitter.com where I don't tweet anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's all find our ways into a closet and trip out, man. Whoa. Did you advance the film strip? Are you on the final page? Well done. Oh